Hey everybody and welcome to the Romancia podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh and today I'm going to be talking about Burned, the seventh book in the Alex Veras series by Benedict Xhaka. So let's burn with the magic of books. I'm going to try and keep it a little non-spoiler here for at least a minute or two, but let's just talk straight about it. I think this book is interesting. It's very fast-paced compared to his other books. Like His other books are, are fast-paced as well. This one it's more fast-paced. And in a non-spoilery way, there's a, a time limit on this book. And so everything is happening very fast, and just it, it keeps moving quicker and quicker from this scene to that scene to the next scene. You have to keep moving. I like that we, we get new characters, but they're still minor characters, and then the old characters are coming back into play, and we're seeing more exploration of these characters. Not a ton because of the nature of this book, but we are still learning more about them and we're seeing things develop and change and grow and in this book I actually felt like I really did feel more like like I was with Alex Veras and everything he's doing it's got more of an emotional weight almost to it where you're like I am there I can feel what he's feeling I understand why he's doing the things he's doing of course like sometimes you could still be like you know I still don't necessarily agree with him doing this but like I understand why he did it and for the most part, I think I agree with most of the things that Alex does in this book. There's very few things that I would be like, no, this is not what I would have done and like, or tried to do in this situation. Could have been better, but, you know, it's interesting. And a, an interesting writing thing he uses is because there is a, a set time limit, our chapters are all starting with the next day, this many days left, that many days left. And so you're really feeling the sense of urgency, and it is urgent, like, this without trying to spoiler it like i don't think this is that's a big spoiler it's just that sense of urgency through the book pushes it and now the plot for this one i mean i've got a couple issues with the plot but i want to get into that later so just you can just summarize this book as light mages being dumb dark mages taking advantage because that's pretty much what it is so again super fast-paced very fun this one is a little bit longer than most of his other ones. I think the other ones were all sitting around in the 250-ish page range. No, I was wrong. I looked it up. They are all about 300 pages, and this book is 326. So it definitely puts it a, a little bit of the longer side. But again, 20 pages is not going to make that much of a difference while you're reading this book. So I think we're just... I'm going to jump into spoilers now because... This was a fun book, and I want to talk about all of the different things that happened in it. So let's uh, let's talk about it first off. Uh, start with the plot. Spoilers beware if you haven't read it. I recommend going and reading it. It's very quick. It's very simple. You're not going to struggle with it unless you struggle with action. Um, but go enjoy, and then come back and listen. We'll have a good time together. So the book starts with Ferris getting a phone call from Talisad. Your execution date's been set for a week. Senior council met. They all voted on your death. Levistus, you know, put it forward that you have to get killed. And you have to think, like, okay, first off, you have to think, hey, maybe the senior council shouldn't be about, you know, stupid political moves. Like, this guy embarrassed me a couple times. I think he deserves to die because he's clearly done lots of things that are dangerous to the magical community. Yeah, there was that one time he, he stopped the Dark Mages from getting a spell, you know, from getting the Fate Weaver. That could have been really bad. And... There was that other time he stopped, you know, people from harvesting and going crazy and like killing people. You know, that was that was a really good blow to the to the light mages that, you know, stopping the use of that very evil practice. I mean, 
geez, there was that one time he saved all those people from going missing. There was that other time he kind of like defeated a dark mage, you know, man, just look at all these dark actions that he's doing. Clearly a threat to the council and light mages in general here. I mean, heaven forbid he stay at his shop and just like help people out or like sell things like, I mean, in fact, hasn't he only ever gotten involved in politics because we forced him to? Man, I just wish I had a brain as a senior council member, but I'm just too dumb to have one most of the time. Sorry, let's get back on track. He gets a call. Hey, you're going to be executed. There's a chance that it can still be repealed. There's three. And another thing. Come on, you guys. You have to have a full council meeting. Otherwise, what's the point of even having a council meeting? Oh, yeah. Three out of the seven showed up, but... That's fine, as long as we get four four out of the seven and one abstained, right? So four out of the seven came. That's all that matters. Like, no, you have to have everybody there. And even if with the week, it's like, oh, yeah, clearly a week is enough time to dissolve everything. No, that's just the stupid rule. Get rid of it. Now, on to the more important things. He is working to get his apprentices and his dependents taken care of. Luna, he pushes to take the journeyman challenge so that she's no longer a dependent works with chalice on that varium and annie are going to go under landis the fire mage of the keepers who can take custody of them and then it will just be alex and alex is like okay well i gotta meet with these people try and get in one of them's like i'm just gonna stay silent on this and it's like seriously you're gonna stay silent on the fact that this senior council member who has a beef with somebody was like hey now that i have power more power i'm just gonna use that to kill this guy who's annoying me Eh, no reason other than that. No, come on. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad you. Now, he ends up being getting a chance. He has to go retrieve a relic. If he retrieves the relic, and then this uh, Undaris, I believe it is, will vote for him. He won't be under the threat of death. But at the same time, the Crusaders of the White, the Light Council are like, you know what? We've got it on good authority that you are going to do something bad if we get this relic. So you need to be off the team or we'll kill you. So Alex is faced with a choice. Do I go on the, the the rescue, on the relic retrieval and, you know, get potentially get assassinated by the Crusaders? Or do I not? And then a week later I die because suddenly every mage on site is wanting to kill me. I wonder, this is a really crappy decision. Like, can you guys not figure these things out? Like, oh, maybe this is a sensible move is that's just so I just hated it. Uh, we're quickly running out of time. It turns out that Annie is not given the status under Landis because, of course, everybody wants to hate her. And somebody else is pulling the strings to get her separated from it. Now, who we don't know, but probably Morden because that's kind of been their plan the whole time. And so Annie and Alex go on the run. They basically live in a place. It gets attacked. They watch it get attacked because obviously with her life site and his future site, they're super able to just live and be dependent this goes on for like a year at least in the book it was it's insane how long it takes and then they keep going and they escape and they never get to him until the very end when barrier's like hey uh, look at this video and he looks at it and it's luna and they have c4 basically all around her apartment building and he's like either you turn yourself in or i blow her up and it's like ah man Everybody was right. Alex needed to just distance himself and not care about anybody. And he could have kept living. But at what cost? I mean, he wouldn't really be living. He'd be pathwalking an empty building all day, every day, forever. Like, it's not worth the life. He gives himself up. He is going to be killed. 
and at the last second, they pull back. Why? Morden has appointed him to be his personal liaison to the Keepers, and so now that grants him Keeper status, also prevents any injunctions against him like that, and it's just like, ah, come on, Light Mage. It's like, like this is my one of my biggest gripes, and it's not a gripe with the series. It's a gripe with the characters who are so, like, that's a realistic thing, that these people are just that short-sighted, and because they're that powerful, and they're used to getting their way. They don't think about these things, and it's like, I mean, I <laughs> let's just talk about it first off. Let's talk about Helicon, Helicon, his uh, his old treacher, who's like, hey, you know, just cut and run. That's the only thing you can do. You got to get out of this, and uh, you'll never see me again if you don't. Basically, and I'm like, ah, come on, Helicon, you are the his teacher. You taught him so much about divination. Like, can't you give him some better advice than just like cut and run and don't care about people? Like, I just wish he had given him. So he had just like here here's some cool advice or like, here's something interesting you could do that will kind of change things. No, don't like it. Didn't do it. So, but I did like what Arachne told him and Arachne at the beginning, he meets with her and he he explains what's happening. She's like, you either need to align yourself with a great power, you know, light or dark, doesn't matter. Or one of the factions, or you have to become a great power. And that's, that's what I'm predicting. Hopefully for the end is that, Alex becomes a great power. He is the one. He's going to be like the true gray mages. Like, he's not going to put up with your crap, but he's not going to just stab you in the face for no reason as well, right? He's going to do the right thing. And if you don't like it, it is still because you're doing the wrong thing. That sucks for you. But I mean, just let's talk about this. They get a prophecy. The prophecy says, if this person gets this, you know, if Alex will help Richard if he does this. And it's like, so your options there are, we'll kill you, or we'll kill you. Wow, those are two great options. I'm going to have to go with the one that will kill me less, which, you know, is retrieving the relic. Like, have you guys never heard of a self-fulfilling prophecy? Have you never thought beyond yourself and being like, you know, he did do that dark mage thing once. I mean, I know they don't, because that's it talks about it over and over in the book. But come on, you guys, like cut him some slack have you seen him do anything really bad like yeah oh wait that one mage who was harvesting things he got killed by him well he also tried to kill alex first you know like let's just pay attention to a little bit of this stuff here and the vista's like you know i bet if i what's the best way i could stop stop alex from going back to richard and the dark mages death sentence that's it that drives everybody closer to us like Especially the other senior council members, like, we know that Alex is this potential dark mage, or we think he could be a dark. What is going to stop him from joining the dark mages? You know, we've all, a lot of people have tried to kill him, and nobody's done it yet. And we know that diviners are very hard to kill, but sure, we can do it just because, you know, we haven't tried, and clearly that's what the whole issue's been this time, right? Like, but what can we do to make him want to work with the light council or, like, be good with us? Like, I, I got it, you guys. Death threats. Let's just try and kill him. Come on. Like, that. I mean, I'm sorry. I've been ranting about this for like 12 minutes already. There's so much other stuff we got to talk about. Sonder and Caldera, they better pull some, pull their heads out and figure some stuff out because they are both way too trusting in the council. Oh, the council is so good and it doesn't do anything wrong. I mean, come on, Sonder. You've seen the council do stupid things. You're a freaking time mage. You tell me you've never once time seen or just regular seen the council do something a little shady and been like, you know, it's not what I want to be when I, you know, I'm an official mage and like, I'll do better. Sure. 
but you should also want them to do better. They're the ones you're supposed to be looking up to. But Caldera, like, I got to bring you in, you know, we got to bring. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. You wouldn't happen to have me in a cell till like over six o'clock when my uh, death execution goes in that you've heard about by now. She's like, that's not my decision. And it's like, yes, it is. Like, you are clearly, if you arrest him, going to put, he's going to die. You're fine with that, Caldera? It's not my decision. Oh, well, Caldera, sometimes you have to make a stand, even if it's you make the wrong choice in your mind, but you have to stand up for something like, you know the council is not perfect. You know this is a bad decision. You've been working with him forever. Like, come on. Hate it. Morden, super smart. I love that scene at the end where he's like, you know, Alex, I think you're under a mistaken impression that I am a paper tiger. And if you stand up to me, I'll just cave. And I have caved to you before because it's all been within my plan. But I'm not going to just cave to you every time. And then he punishes him and he hurts him very badly. And he's like, and if you disobey a more, I will go after a friend, a family member, somebody you know, and I'll kill them. And then I'll do it again and again and again. And then I'll kill your spider and then this other person. And you'll never know who until after it's done. And then I'll leave you alone with the weight of like you refusing to help or do what you were asked killed all these people and again like from a realistic standpoint like no morden you're the one who went out and killed them it's your fault not alex's for not doing that but again i understand like you would still feel bad i would still feel bad if i was in that position of course so like i understand why it works and it makes sense and i was so i was so sad alex's shop gets burned down and like blown up and it's like again you guys What's the best way to stop somebody from doing this? Ah, yes. Try to kill them repeatedly and never apologize or be like, you know, maybe that wasn't the best mistake. The best option. It was a mistake. But when the shop burned down, there was a pretty sweet scene where he's like, the the assassins are like, ah, screw you. Just die. And it's like, yes, clearly assassin. That's what you're so bad. Like everybody should just roll over and die for you. Clearly he's in the wrong here for defending himself. Like, come on. Like, what are you thinking? But Alex uh, smacks a grenade out of the air twice and bounces it right back into them, you know, because he's got that ability. He can see it. He can line them up, hit it. So good. It was fun to see. I mean, it's not fun to read because you're like, oh, yeah, he just killed some people with a grenade. But, like, it is fun to read. And one of the only things I would say that would be better in the series is if every time he reintroduced a character, Alex, Luna... Annie, Varium, we did not get a rehash of their powers every single time. I mean, we're seven books in. If somebody's starting on the seventh book, they're going to be way more confused than just starting at book one. And so the first couple books, yes, repeat it over again. That's going to help. The seventh book, eighth book, ninth book, uh, we're good. We don't need to keep seeing every time. This is how Annie heals, and she's very dangerous because she can touch people, and I can see the future, and... Luna's curse works this way. Yet we know. Let's get some more stuff. But okay. I also got to say, I loved Alex and Anne, Annie on the run. They, you know, I feel like this is where they become a couple. I don't, it doesn't think it says it explicitly, but in my mind, they are a super couple at this point because, you know, you've only lived on the run with each other for a year, year and a half. You guys are going to be together, right? But why does Richard want Alex so badly? I have no idea. It drives Rachel slash Delio crazy because she's like, I was the chosen. I'm the one who stayed behind. I waited. Why does he want you? Why does he keep coming for you? 
And Alex is like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to avoid him as best I can. But then we learn, and we also learn that Delio's redemption arc is basically dragon prophecy that if Delio is redeemed and turns away from Richard, you know, that's good. Everybody's going to be happier. If she doesn't and she sticks with Richard, then it's the doom. Richard wins. Alex is going to die. And we're like, um, what? Excuse me? That's a strong prophecy. So now it's like, now we have to do it. You know, so good. But let's talk some more. Like, I loved, I loved Alex's mentality. He's like, you know, I went to this place and these guys were going to beat me. So I beat them, right? These people came to kill me and I killed them. I don't, he retaliates like for like. He doesn't escalate it. And I loved that we actually get to see him teaching and training like a new, she's like a very basic water mage at the, be- you know, at the beginning of her journey. And he's like, this is, oh, how often can you do this? And how does it work? And let me tell you about these things and give you some advice and send her off. And he's like, you know, I'll probably never see her again. But like, I made a difference. I helped her out. This is what I live for. And it's like, that is what's so cool about him. That's what he wants to do. He is like the super mentor. He just wants to help people. And it's like, I guess diviners are just that scary. The senior council has to, you know, oh, I'm sorry. He's so powerful. He's so scary. Teaching all those mages to to do good. Ugh. I mean, I'm sorry. I've harped on the senior council a lot, but I feel like it's deserved because they're screwing themselves over here. You know, nothing could go wrong if he ever survived this. He wouldn't go back to the dark because they'll put a blackmail hold on him. Oh, wait. That's exactly what happens. And now Alex has to go work with Richard. And we're going to see what happens. So I am super excited for this next book. This is actually the farthest I've ever read in this series. So every book from here on out is going to be completely brand new and fresh for me. So I'm really excited to get into them and see how it's going to happen. All right, so that's going to wrap up my discussion of Burned by Benedict Jacka, the seventh book in the Alex Ferris series. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you, of course, if you have any questions or comments, please send those to leapromancypod at gmail.com. You know, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. That really helps. And remember to burn with the magic of books. <laughs> <laughs>